Well, a very big hello, everyone. I'm Duncan Dornoff. Welcome to this week's episode of the Tasmanian Harness Highlights podcast. It's great to have your company. Just the one meeting in Tasmania this weekend, and that is Launceston Sunday night, where we've got a 10-event program getting underway at 10 minutes past five, and boy, oh boy, what a race that opening event on the program is, where we've got in barrier draw order, Colby Sands, Sunny Sands, B Major Threat, Call Me Hector, Lip Reader, the sole Tasmanian nominee for the Inter-Dominion in Harjeet, and the old boy Riley Major is first up from the spell. So looking forward to that program on Sunday night. Let's look back at last weekend's uh, meetings. We had two. We kicked off the night, or kicked off the weekend at Burnie on Friday night. Feature event there was the Northwest Tasmanian Light Harness Association Cup, taken out by Rock and a Hard Place, leading all the way to score for the Kent and Wade Rattray combination. Big night out for Ben Yeo with six winners. Three of those were driven by Mitch Ford, who's uh, certainly driving in good form at present. Vivid stride on my oath and one off. Where Mitch's three Gareth Rattray with a driving double for the Yeo stable with Corrada Dazzler and Beast Mode. And Taylor Ford, who's back in Tasmania, scored on Tarleton Riley in the final event on the program. And the only other winner was the Steve Davis trained, Brody Davis driven, Benjamin Knight later in the night. The action then went to Hobart on Sunday evening for a 10 event program. We kicked off the night in Hobart. We've had two of the Globe Derby stakes taken out by Magician for Gareth and Todd Rattray. Three-year-old Gildas and a sweet Lou was taken straight to the lead, controlled the race, and although shaken up around the home bend, was too good for Macho Mover and Joe the Bookie. Macho Mover, 56.98 and 27.95, the quickest sectionals of the opening race. Heat two of the Raider Stakes was race two, taken out by Lancelot, who didn't have to do much work to find the top out of the home straight, had it on his own terms, Rockin' Overtime took ground off him on the sprint lane late, but Lancelot was always holding his rivals to record win 8 at start 25. Stormy Sands, who finished third, dashed home in 56.66. Rockin' Overtime, 28.29, the quickest last quarter of that race. Third event was rating 56 to 62 over 2,090 metres, and it was the Mitch Ford-driven Ben Yaltrain Castle retreat scoring here, recording win 12 of his career. He's a seven-year-old Yelda son of shadow play. He got a soft lead from the pole draw and uh, an easy time of it out in the lead and gave his rivals the slip at the 400 for an easy win. Bridwood Bella finished third, dashed home in 56.09, and he's razor sharp, the second-place skitter, the quickest last quarter of the race in 28.23. Race four on the card was for the two-year-olds and it was taken out by Moth Hunter for Charlie and Jordan Castles, a two-year-old filly by Huntsville. Having her second career start, was kept out of the early speed battle and ended up one out and one back before being produced three wide at the 400 metres and went on to score nicely and uh, defeated Centurion Miss and Wave Stride. Moth Hunter was the... uh, Quickest uh, last half of that race in 58.57 and 29.31. Of course, there was a uh, a fall at the first attempt of that race. Bridwood Charlie uh, hit the deck. And are uh, you watching this? Uh, dislodged hair driver and Ricky Duggan 
So uh, hopefully all's okay there with Bridwood, Charlie and Rowan Hadley. Uh, Ricky Duggan uh, did, uh, and are you watching this, did take part in the retake of that race. Race 5 was the trainer's encouragement. Faze taken out by Miss and Rock, a five-year-old daughter of Pet Rock, who settled behind the leader after the first 200 metres and utilised the sprint lane to score over Magic Pebbles. And at Major Davin, Dep till we part... Dashed home in 58.24 and 28.38. Once again, Deptui Park featuring some of the quickest closing sections from a race he's contested. Race 6 was heat 2 of the Granny Smith, taken out by Forgot the Wallet. She broke uh, just after the start was affected, ended up 1 out and 4 back. And with a slow tempo set up front, was always going to make it hard for those back in the field to get into the race. She moved up solo on the three-wide line from the 700 metres and it was too classy late for La Fond and La Lassa. Forgot the wallet's last half, the quickest of that race in 56.59 and Zarina uh, for trainer-driver Charlie Castles, the quickest last quarter of 28.32. Race 7 was a rating 50-55 to 55 event over the 2,090 metre trip. And a tough win here by Mickey O. Probably fair to say it was one of his best wins. He was caught wide early. He pressed forward to race outside the leader from the 14.50 metre mark. And he was in for the fight late. Of course, he's prepared by Matthew Howlett, who also took the drive. Uh, it was too good for Euro King and Sports Illustrator. Mickey O's last half, 58.04. And his quarter of 29.87, the quickest of that race. Heat two of the band box was race eight, and it was Baby U.S. Song scoring for Rowan Hillier and trainer Paul Ashwood. She just rolled straight to the lead after the first 300 metres, had the race ran at her terms, and uh, she did put up a great battle with May's Place up the home straight. May's Place 58.38, the quickest last half of that race. High voltage Glenwood 29.96, back in fourth spot was the quickest last quarter. Race 9 on the card was a rating 45 to 49, I mean over 2,090 metres. I on the bullion, the victor here for trainer driver Dylan Ford. Was able to use the pole draw to full advantage to lead. Before handing up entering the back straight, Dylan was able to get this uh, gilded son of the heaties watched him to clear room from the 450 metre mark. And uh, when, when Dylan found clear air, he went for home to score. Proficient, back in fourth position. 59.74 and 30.26, the quickest closing sections of the race. And he rounded the night out with the rating 63 to 69, I mean over 2,090 metres. And Hickstead was the victor here for Troy Hillier and uh, concession rangeman Caleb Williams. Nine-year-old gelding said one out and four back. Was looking for clear room out wide before Caleb switched back to the pegs at the 400 metre mark and he used the sprint lane to score in what uh, would have to be the drive of the weekend. His closing sections are 59.22 and 29.39, the quickest of the race. Plenty to look forward to this weekend. We'll get to this uh, Launceston card shortly, but interstate, Gloucester uh, Park on Friday night, Coolwater Paddy. Lines up in the opening race there. He is TAB number 9. Menangle race on Saturday night. And race 6 is a group 3 free-for-all where Isaiah lines up there. He's drawn barrier 6 in that event on Saturday night. 
Melton on Saturday night. So we've got Arden Roanoke lining up in the eighth event on that program. Jordan Chibnall booked for the drive. Of course, Jordan spent uh, a number of uh, months in Tasmania with the Benyal Stable and drove their first Metropolitan winner last weekend. Uh, the Breeders' Crown Series is underway in Victoria. They've got their three-year-old heats at Bendigo on Friday night. On Sunday, they've got the two-year-old heats. I did note in the uh, 10th race on that program, my ultimate Jacko for Ben and Mark Yell has drawn the uh, pole there. Of course, uh, owned by Solo Trek and uh, the Ben Yell Racing Proprietary Limited. Uh, did uh, finish second in a uh, Group 1 race at Albion Park three starts ago. And uh, Mark flying over to take the drive there and forfeit, no doubt, what would have been a full book of drives in Launceston on uh, Sunday night. Speaking of Launceston on Sunday night, that's what we'll be talking about on the other side of this break. TazRacing.com.au's Form Plus Pro gives you even more form on Tasmanian harness racing. Register to access Form Plus Pro for free at tazracing.com.au with sectional data, suggested bets, additional replay angles, live stream. Form Plus Pro, the ultimate Tassie form guide. Let's have a look at the weekend's racing now on the podcast. Uh, but before we get to Mowbray, we'll just keep looking back at Hobart with trainer driver Rowan Hillier. Rowan, welcome to the podcast. How are you, Duncan? Yeah, good, thank you. Baby, you were song. Pretty good uh, win in he- a Vickers Heat in Hobart. No doubt you were pleased with that effort. Um, probably a little bit disappointed, to tell the truth. She was um, she got an easy lead and um, was probably under under pressure a fair way out. Battled on really good, but um, Skip's had a few problems with her since her, since her second, when, you're, when she ran second in the other heat, so... Um, hopefully he, he can get on top of those problems and, and she can be better. But um, no, she was she was a bit she was a bit average the other night, but she won. But that's about all I could say. Right, one noticeable absentee is uh, Miss Pappenhausen from the Sire Stakes series. What's the latest with her? Yeah, just got a really bad cold, and uh, obviously with the way they've redone the Sire Stakes this year, um, she had to run in the first heat or be nominated for the first heat, and that was never going to eventuate. So. Um, she's had a couple of weeks off and she's back jogging again now, so and everything seems seems good. Right, let's look ahead to Sunday. The first race is one of the best races we've seen in this state probably since the Metropolitan Cup back in September. Two runners from your stable. We'll talk about Lip Reader first. Uh, it was always going to be hard off a of 30 at Bernie in third last week. What do you make of that effort? Yeah, I was really happy. Um, obviously, yeah, off 30 at Bernie, it's, it's a pretty tough task and I thought he'd done a pretty good job. He obviously got a nice run through, but um, he, he was first up and, and he, he definitely benefited from the run and, uh, and seems, to, seems to have trained on really good. I did read with interest. You've got uh, a trip to Victoria in the back of uh, your mind with him? Oh, Mark, the owner, has. Um, there's a couple of sort of like M1 races um, which would suit him down to the ground in, at Melton. Um, so yeah, that's that's in the back of Mark's mind. Um, he'll just keep poking along here until until he wants him to go. And, um, so yeah, uh, it's just an option for him, I think. Righto, and the old boy Riley Major, uh, he's uh, first up from a break. He's had a few trials. What have you made of those? He's had two trials. Uh, obviously, um, <laughs> won both his trials, but you know the the opposition wasn't wasn't of any high, high standard, I suppose. Um, 
but he's, he's done it really well. Um, he seems to be working really well at home. Um, obviously, it's going to be pretty tough in that sort of field first up, but um, I'm sure um, he's as fit as I can get him without going to the races, I think. He's rising 10. It's a, a testament to you and Riley to keep him kicking along for these uh, open-class races for so long. What, what's sort of been the key to keeping that? Oh, geez, I don't know. That's a good question. He's maybe, maybe a bit of luck. He's not, we look after him like he's one of our kids, but um, maybe maybe the, he goes to Greens Beach a fair bit, the water, I don't know. But, yeah, he's insane. Like, he's rising 10, but he didn't miss three years of racing, so... It, um, he hasn't had a lot of racing on 60-odd starts, so um, yeah, that's not a lot for a horse these days. So, you know, he's still feeling really good, and he looks, he looks, I reckon he looks as good as I've ever seen him look um, at the moment. So um, hopefully we can get another 12 months out of him and um, he can uh, and do a good job. Yeah, so what's the short-term plan with him? To race like the Golden Apple, or I know you have shied away from that race in the past? I've always said I've shied away from it, but I always seem to go in it, but it is... It's so tough off 30 with a full field, and, and because he's he's on the up, I, I, I might miss it this year. Um, there's, there's plenty of other races that he can go in and not, not chase handicaps. So um, we'll just see how he, how he goes this week, and I think there's a free-for-all on in a fortnight at Hobart, so he'd probably go there. And if he, you know, if I change my mind, we could go in the second heat of the Golden Apple, but just not too sure. Right, eh? Let's uh, have a look at some of the other drives across the uh, Launceston card. Devil of... Time lines up in the third event. He galloped out in a stand at Bernie last start. Yeah, he did. Um, that, was, that was probably a chance to win a race again, but he's, yeah, he can be a naughty boy off the front. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's not a bad draw for him. Maybe he seems to struggle a little bit at Mowbray. Uh, probably a bit, a bit better quality op- opposition, I suppose, but um, he'll get a nice, nice run in there and hopefully run the place for the owners. Over in the ninth race, Ideal Pace is first up from a spell. He's done a pretty good job this season. He's won five of 12. Yeah, he's got a really good turn of foot. This one, um, his his last start, he was his last two, he was a little bit disappointed, so Skip turned him out and, and freshened him back up, and um, he had an nice trial a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, he's one. He's one that obviously um, it's a bad draw, but if he got any luck over the last two hundred metres, he'd be right in it, I reckon. And I see you've got the drive on Christian Jazz in the last event. Uh, you was in the sulky for his uh, second uh, the Carrick trials on Monday. Yeah, he he trolled up pretty good. Um, Mick said he needed the trial, so obviously it's a pretty hard drawn where he's drawn there on Sunday over the mile. But um, yeah, he's he's an opportunist. If he got the right run, he could be he could be running on pretty good. I reckon. Well, Ron, appreciate the chat on the podcast today, and all the best uh, in Launceston on Sunday night. Thanks, Duncan. Good on you, mate. Let's look at the quaddy now for Launceston. First leg race five, a three-year-old and older, no more than two lifetime win event. I've gone the way of number three, Git Home Roy, who comes out of a Globe Derby heat last time out when resuming from a break. This race is definitely a dropping class to some of the horses that he contested in that race. A brilliant 10-metre winner here in Launceston back in July. And from a good draw, I think he's the way to go. Made him one of my specials on the program. Seven West Ray's got a wide draw to contend with. He's first up since uh, early August, a Hobart winner two starts back and does come into this event with a uh, recent trial under the belt, finishing third just over a metre from the winner. Game of chance, the stable mate draws inside of the second race, first up in the state, handy trial effort in Hobart recently. And number four, Lali Bella rounds out my top four, so three, seven, eight, four.
for numbers in race 5. Race 6, the Impress Print Pace. 7, 11, 10, 9, my numbers. Leonard Skinner on top. I think he's good enough to overcome the wide draw. Of course, he uh, is getting up in the national rating system now. But a dominant win here last time out in a 56-7 last half mile. And uh, good wins prior to that in some low-graded races. And despite the draw, looks the one to beat. Buster William, number 11. Uh, a winner here in Launceston five starts ago and hasn't been far away of late. Did plenty of work when second last time out. Ten Kuzma is never far away and nine being Eureka rounds out my top four. So seven, eleven, ten, nine, my numbers in race six. Race seven, a rating 58 to 63 event. Going over the 1680 metre journey, I kept coming back to number 10, Crystal. Todd Rattray trains and drives. Uh, this pacer who's had 10 starts over the mile for four wins and two minor placings and has ran 156.3 over this distance in the past. I uh, was run down late by what about Spanger? Uh, uh, her most recent effort where she raced up on the speed uh, to defeat just over three metres and uh, from back in the field here, if the emergency doesn't gain a start, she'll get a nice run through the field from barrier two on the second row. Four he's raised sharps always thereabouts. He's been runner-up. He's passed two, 12 of 24 wins at the mile. And he's got a good turn of foot uh, when driven cold early. Beam me up, Chopper. Improved effort uh, last time out. And another that's got a good record at the mile. And Kiavino strides. Just going to get a lovely run on the pegs. And it could be lethal late if the gaps appear. So 10-4-1-8 in race 7. Last leg of a quaddies race eight, a rating 53 to 57 event over 2,200 metres. Nine, two, five, and eight, my numbers here. Nine on top, Kenya. Improved effort when second in Hobart last time out. Should get a good uh, run through the field on the back of my uh, second selection, Sporty Ben, who was fourth here, just over a metre from Stevie Jolden. A bunched up finish back on October 23. Should take benefit from that run. Five, Donnie in Paris, a Hobart winner, three starts back and uh, comes into this event off a last start fifth in the race run by Mikio and eight, Juniper rounds out my top four. So nine, two, five and eight, my numbers in race number eight. As far as best bets go, race five, number three, get home Roy and uh, hopefully Leonard Skinner set a, a backable price. He's the class runner in that field with the wear straw, so you'd be certainly wanting uh, black figures, that's for sure, uh, race six, number seven. So really looking forward to Launceston on Sunday. That free-for-all that kicks off the card should be a ripper, and uh, we'll review it on the podcast next week.